Welcome back to the By the Numbers podcast, the official podcast of the Villanova Sports Analyst Club. My name is Na, and I am joined um, by my regular co-host, Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. A lot going on in the sports world. Um, exciting time to be in Philly with the Phillies uh, being successful for the first time in a while. And happy to talk about that and everything in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Big, good, good time to be a Philly sports fan. I don't think any of us are, but um, and then we are also joined today by a returning host, uh, Charlie. Charlie, how's it going? Thanks for, for joining us again. Yeah, of course. What's going on, guys? A lot to talk about today. Yeah. So first thing we kind of have to touch on that we haven't touched on, we, we didn't have an episode last week uh, and failed to mention the week before, but um, the MLB postseason has pretty much come and gone since in the time that we've uh, kind of have, have, to have, a, have a little bit inconsistency in terms of posting the episodes, but um, we, we actually reached the World Series at this point where the, the Phillies uh, and the Houston Astros are are currently tied at 1-1 with the Phillies as we speak up 4-0 um, just into the second inning in game three. But, I mean, a, a lot of upsets. I am i can't speak with someone who watched a ton of baseball. It's been cool to see the Phillies, you know, make it to uh, the World Series as a Philly team and them having to grease the poles in downtown. Um, but... Uh, Charlie, I'll pass it over to you because you you might be the the one who can speak the most, at least to the the actual kind of baseball that's been played over the over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of uh, crazy things happening this postseason. Um, the AL, a lot of chalk. Um, Astros were the favorite coming in, and they ended up winning the AL. But then, I mean, the NL is where it really got out wild with the Phillies coming out um, a wild card team from the start, and now they're in the World Series. Um, so yeah, they're shocking everybody. Um, just to narrow it down to these world series games, they, that game one was absolutely crazy. Um, they stole that game, Aaron Nola versus Justin Verlander, a really good pitching matchup that the, uh, the bats kind of, kind of took advantage of, um, Verlander looked flawless in those first three innings. Um, and then the Phillies ended up getting to him in the fourth and the fifth, um, Tying that game at five, Kyle Tucker for the Astros had hit two home runs um, to that point. But then in the top of the tenth, JT Real Muto with that go-ahead home run off Luis Garcia. One of, I mean, really like shocked a lot of people. That stadium went completely silent. Um, it was the second largest comeback win by an NL team in World Series history, um, and the Astros responded in a really big way in Game Two with Zach Wheeler versus Framber Valdez, um, a g- pretty good pitching performance from Valdez. Um, they got to the Phillies again in the first half of that game, going up 5 nothing, just like they had done um, in game one. Um, but this time the Phillies could not mount a five-run comeback. Um, so the series was tied. Game three yesterday was postponed. And then to this point, like you said, Phillies are 4 nothing with Harper going yard in the first inning. And then Bohm and Marsh just went yard in the second inning. But yeah, um, a lot of crazy things going on. Philly is absolutely buzzing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, awesome. Definitely been a, a dramatic couple of weeks of baseball. So I'm glad we were able to, to catch up uh, at least a bit, little bit on that. And uh, here's the hoping that the Phillies can, can pull out this series um, for sure. So we are going to shift a little bit to football not a huge baseball contingent on the podcast so we'll, we'll shift over to something that a little bit that more of us can talk about certainly uh, and that'll be the nfl it's a big week in the nfl we recently have a trade deadline 
It's also one of the biggest offensive weeks in NFL football um, this season. Something games are actually interesting. Um, a lot of drama, but uh, a couple of things that are interesting are there. There are a couple of divisions in the NFC with some some surprise leaders and a couple of teams notably that I think there, there are two teams specifically we want to talk about today that are kind of surprising people in either direction. And the first team we're going to talk about today is going to be the the Seattle Seahawks, who are currently five and three and leading the NFC West um, in a division that, you know, reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, Los Angeles Rams. And then you have the 49ers who are, you know, picked to make the playoffs at least. Uh, and the Cardinals, you know, all these teams would be, you know, you'd pay them that better quarterbacks, uh, better rosters overall. And yet you have the Seahawks at five and three, top of the division by a game. Kevin, what immediate reaction? Kind of what? What have, have you been able to see these Seahawks so far? What it, What are you thinking about uh, Geno Smith? How does this look as a Russell Wilson trade? What pick an angle to, to take this? Yeah, I was actually going to go right off of that. What you were saying that as far as the Russell Wilson trade, I mean, looking at how poorly the Broncos have been playing, and you know, I think obviously a big part of that story is their coaching situation. But nevertheless, you look at a guy like Russell Wilson who has been noted as carrying the entire Seattle Seahawks franchise through the past, what, 10 years? I don't know if it's been that long. Um, but, you know, this definitely paints a different picture on the entire story. So, I mean, Geno Smith seems to be really carrying the team. I am remarkably shocked by their success this year. And they beat a good New York Giants team, who we could also talk about how shocked I am about the Giants' success. Um, and so that's a great team that they just played against uh, this past Sunday, beat them 27 to 13. Um, remarkable what's going on in Seattle. I mean, I don't see them as, as major contenders or, or anything in that conversation, but still um, super, super different outcome than what we all predicted in the beginning of the NFL season. And I guess that just goes to show you can't really predict much in the NFL except for a few things, I guess, Tom Brady, you can't even predict Tom Brady because he's not even good anymore, I guess. But uh, yeah, so insanely uh, shocking what's going on in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. It was, I mean, one one of the most, if not the biggest surprise this season, I think Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit. Uh, and before I, I give my two cents, I'll pass it over to you, Charlie. So I know you have um, something something to say, at least about some aspect of kind of Seahawks. I think their offense is also probably a good point to talk about at some point. Yeah, 100%. Going off of that, I'm I'm just as shocked as Kevin is. Um, I think a lot of people kind of came into this year thinking the Seahawks are, it was going to be a tank year for them. Um, easily could have been one of those years where they just, you know, tank and draft a top guy like uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, but they're looking like real competitors and it's, it's kind of crazy what's going on up to this point. And like you said, again, Geno Smith, I mean, he's kind of in the catalyst for this team. Um, the highest completion percentage of any quarterback right now at 74.8%, which exceeds his expected completion percentage by over 8% at 66.5%. I think that's an absolutely ridiculous stat. Um, he's got the the tools with uh, DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett, but even so, I mean, that it's crazy. It's definitely crazy, um, especially after what we saw last year from that offense. But um but yeah, their EP. I like to use uh, EPA as a stat to uh, judge um, a team's like efficiency. It's expected points added, um, kind of like the the war of football. 
Um, but the Seahawks offensive EPA sitting at seventh in all of football. Again, I mean, I'm just really shocked. Um, and the only worry with this team that I think up to this point is the defense. They're ranked 21st of, um, of the teams in the NFL um, in EPA. But I, I mean, it's gotten better recently. Um, allowing just nine points to the Cardinals three weeks ago and then 13 points this past week to the Giants. Um, but, yeah, no, there's really nothing poorly to really say about the Seahawks team, um, and they're definitely being underlooked by a lot of people right now. Yeah, you beat me to it in terms of mentioning some of the Geno Smith stats because he's been an advanced stat darling for, like, the entire season so far. And it's like we're eight games in this point. And he's eight percentage points, like completion percentage over expectation is, is nuts. Like well exceeding everybody else. I think Joe Burrow was the leading leading player last year in terms of completion percentage over expected. But um, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, beating out other guys like, I mean, Mahomes is fourth on the list and at 4% over expected. So like, I mean, he's, it's it's not like, I mean, the, the EPA per play, is, I mean, they're, they're seventh in EPA per play. Uh, I think, their rush game, I mean, their running game has been crazy. They're second in the league in terms of uh, yards per attempt, even having lost Rashad Penny um, to an injury for the season. Bringing in uh, Michigan State rookie Kenneth Walker III has been has looked great to start the year. I know that the Seahawks like always like taking a punter or an, uh, running backs in the draft at any point in time, but uh, Kenneth Walker look, has, has been looking good. Defense can't really stop anything, but credit to, I mean, you bring in a guy like Charles Cross on the offensive line, able to actually have a decent offensive line. Geno Smith still getting pressured to some extent more than you'd like to see. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, you got to just give a lot of credit to Geno Smith, being able to put the ball where it needs to go. Um, Pete Carroll kind of really, you know, putting the pieces together here when there's really not a lot. Um, improving the offensive line a little bit, increasing the rushing game. Uh, it's a solid team. And when you look at a league, that's generally seems to be a little bit, you know, maybe not the most, you know, the highest number of elite teams. I mean, if you can't hang with the Seahawks, like offensively, then you might just lose that game. And, you know, it's not a team you want to bet on, but they're just a solid team that you have to beat. Um, and you might have to, to run with them at some point. So uh, I think they're a team to watch. They're currently top of the NFC, NFC West. I don't know if they'll stay there, but, you know, who knows? They could, the NFC is, a weird place. I mean, the NFC, I guess you have the NFC East, which is pretty strong right now. But, you know, you could see the Seahawks sneaking into the playoffs. At the, I mean, this point in time, five and three, that's, that's totally reasonable, I think. Um, but actually, I'll pose, that, I'll pose that to you guys. Do you think the Seahawks make the playoffs? Um, I think it's still a little early. I mean, I know we're, we're pretty much like halfway through the year, but uh, I mean, there's no reason to say no. Um, especially since the Rams, I think they play the Rams maybe two more times. Um, yeah, they play them two times. But uh, the Rams definitely, I mean, they're not performing anywhere near where we thought they were going to. Um, Super Bowl champs, and they're really not looking great right now. Um, and then the Cardinals, too, have their issues. So it really depends how they perform against those teams in the division. Um, but as of right now, they're looking really solid. Um, and they're definitely not a team where if they were to make the playoffs, I would be like, that's crazy. But, um, but you know, I, I think they could 
sneak in there. And it, it's honestly, it's wild to say that because at the beginning of the year, I really thought this team was a candidate to win like one or two games. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. I don't, I don't see them making it though. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They've got the Cardinals who are, are pretty decently hot this year. And then you got the Buccaneers an angry Buccaneers team uh, looking for a win. They're what three and five. Um, I don't see the Buccaneers losing that one. Raiders are good this year. Rams, I don't think they're going to lose twice. Maybe maybe they'll sneak one of those games. Panthers, maybe they could beat them. 49ers, tough one. Chiefs, tough one. Jets, can't believe I'm saying it, but a tough one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I'm rooting for the Seahawks. I think they might might not have enough to push it up, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely something to watch moving forward, but I, absolutely worth mentioning at this point in the season. Um, moving on to a team that is is surprising us, but in a in a more negative way, um, for sure. And I think Kevin mentioned it earlier, but Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, are now, I think, three and five um, at this point in time, are not leading an NFC South division that is um, pretty miserable, uh, including a loss to the Panthers who have fired Matt Rule. Uh, I mean, they are just. It's just not looking good right now. Um, I mean, there's a couple of stats. So I don't, I don't think Tom Brady's entire issue. There have been some kind of general problems across the board and, you know, some frustration, I think, in the locker room, um, or at least frustration that you see in t- with Tom Brady on the field. Um, but, Charlie, I'll pass it to you first. What, do you, what, what have you seen that's kind of been a little bit frustrating for a team that kind of returns a lot of, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball? What, what, is, you know, what, what are some observations? Uh, yeah, like you said, I think a lot of uh, what's been going on has to do with uh, the performance of Tom Brady and also the injuries to that offensive line. Um, he just kind of seen it's not the Tom Brady that we've seen um, at all. Um, I think this Buccaneers team is trending in the complete opposite direction um, that the Seahawks are. Um, and yeah, like I said about Brady, I mean, he's ranked 13th in EPA per play among quarterbacks, which is behind guys like Marcus Mariota and Jacoby Brissett. Um, that's, Definitely not something that we expected coming into this year, especially since he has um, weapons like Mike Evans, you know, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, all those guys. Um, I know there has been a couple injuries um, among those players, but it's still not really enough of an excuse to uh, to argue for a three and five record. Um, and then another stat um, is success rate. I like to use that a lot. It's the percentage of plays where EPA is over zero. Brady's is sitting at 48.9%, which is relatively low for a guy who's usually hovering well over 50%. Um, so that's just another thing. I, I, I'm just not really um, too fond of, of Brady this year. You know, um, and then on the other side of the ball, the defense is also not really the same. It's not like they're getting a lot of help from those guys. Um, Definitely trending downwards after the season-ending Achilles injury to uh, Shaq Barrett this past week, um, and then lingering injuries to Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I really do not know. Um, you can never count Brady out. I feel like, but it, it's really not looking good for them this year. Yeah, I I can agree with that. It, it's that one one thing I would point out too. That's kind of important. Like, I mean, the Shaq Barrett injury is huge. The running game for them has been pretty anemic um you look at kind of the district like just like their offense is just pure epa per play basis their bottom half of the league so you think a relatively inefficient offense 
But if you look at kind of quarterback performance or just EPA per dropback, essentially. So you, you look at I see the pass plays versus the rush plays. On pass plays, they rank top 10 in terms of EPA per, per play on, on dropbacks. If you look at rush EPA, they are dead last uh, and, and by a decent margin. And, and they're dead last also in terms of uh, yards per attempt rushing. Um, Leonard Fournette is just not looking good this year. Three yards per attempt is horrendous. Like that is just not great. And I, I mean, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, I think he still has to just, it, there's been some, I, I have a tendency to think that they'll just be able to pull together. Just they have, have enough talent there um, that, that they'll just be able to pull it together. I mean, I think it's a good point. The defense are you turning down. Um, the rush game is pretty awful, but their division is also pretty bad. So if they can kind of just bring these together, it's, it's a new head coach, which may be a, a bigger factor than you may have thought before the season started, but um, yeah, that Leonard Fournette in that rushing game, uh, potentially kind of a sign of that that offensive line not being great in terms of the rush game, uh, it, it is not where you want to be, um, you know, a, as a team at this point in the year. But they, they have time to turn around, and they have a lot of room for error given the kind of state of their division. But um, Kevin is a Patriots fan. What what is your Tom Brady pick here? Yeah, no, it seems like he made the wrong decision in coming back, um, but clearly. You know, as far as the the matchups go, we're looking at we're looking at the NFC South here, and the Falcons are at the top of that division, and they're only five hundred. Um, and then the Bucks are second with at three and five. So, I mean, playoff Tom can always come out, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know, just like in all sports, it helps have experience. And so, you look at you know someone who's been there not many times. It, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a run, but it seems like he's got a little too much on his plate. Uh, there's, you know, all the talk about the divorce with his wife and, you know, he retired, he was done. He, he did everything he had to do. Um, and I think clearly he came back at a time when he really shouldn't have. And, um, you know, it's, it's not really fair to the Bucks franchise, I think, because they, they got to move on, but um and they're not doing a whole lot in uh, before the trade lo- deadline either. Um, I, I just saw this. They waived their uh, offensive tackle, Fred Johnson. Um, that's not going to do much for them. And then not a lot of moves. It would seem to be like they might want to make a move if they want to win now. But, um, you know, they're in a weird situation with a what 45-year-old quarterback who um, is kind of half in and half out. So, We'll see what happens come postseason. I won't count them out as as I never should when it comes to Tom Brady, but uh, clearly underperforming. Um, and you know, some of these games have just been frustrating losses for for uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, this past week they lost twenty two to twenty seven, and um, they've just had some close games like that one uh, against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think it was only like a one score game. Um, so some of these must just be so frustrating for the organization. Um, and that can just be deflating to <laughs> no pun intended deflating to Tom Brady, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens come postseason. There's a lot, a lot of shots in there. Um, <laughs> mentioning the marriage and that at the end, <laughs> I guess that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I, I think two teams definitely to watch in terms of trending up, trending down. Um, definitely not where we set them to be, but moving forward, who knows? Um, and then, you know, 
thinking about it today, we just passed the trade deadline. So there were a couple deadline day moves. Um, I, I'm not, I don't have a ton of huge, like super strong feelings. Uh, so, I mean, TJ Hawkinson to the, the Vikings was a big move. Um, you have Chase Claypool going to the bears, which I think is really a move on the margins that the bears are going to try to convince themselves. They have provided a weapon for, for Justin Fields, which I think is just lying to themselves. Um, I don't know, Charlie. What do you what do you think about? Were there any moves that surprised you, or that that you thought were pretty good value for somebody? Uh, yeah, like you said, I think Hawkinson going to the Vikings is uh, definitely huge for them. Um, it kind of adds another weapon to that passing attack um, with Justin Jefferson because he was kind of the guy that they were relying on. Um, Irv Smith, their tight end right now, just went on the IR, I believe. Um, that's probably. Um, a large reason why they got Hawkinson. But yeah, I mean, a super solid guy that's definitely going to help them out um, when it comes to the passing attack. Uh, also, Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins. That was um, pretty surprising. I knew that the there was a lot of talk about Chubb getting traded, but to the Dolphins, I mean, I think that's pretty big. The Dolphins are definitely a team this year that uh, are AFC contenders, especially after beating the bills a couple weeks ago but yeah he's definitely going to help that uh that pass rush and then obviously like you said claypool to the bears they gave up a second round pick for him i'm i'm not really sure he's worth a second round pick but the bears are definitely desperate for a uh, wide receiver right now i think the bears are also performing a little bit better than even they thought which is a reason why they made this move but but um yeah, I think in the end, it's it's really just a move for fantasy managers. Um, I don't think the Bears are uh, are going to do much to end the year. And then obviously on the Steelers' end, it's it's not looking great there. But um, but yeah, um, a fairly eventful trade deadline. Definitely not one of the greatest we've ever had. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely agree. I mean, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll throw in the the Roquan Smith trade to the Ravens was pretty was was interesting. Um, Ravens kind of just adding to their defense. Uh, Bears do well to get some uh, some picks there and, and potentially be able to pick some wide receivers up in the in the draft. Uh, I agree that Bradley Chubb Chubb moves interesting. I don't know if the we haven't really talked about or maybe we have talked about the Christian McCaffrey trade. Um, I just have a, like a full list of kind of trades that have come up recently, and, and that one's on there. Um, that one's worth it. And there's one more uh, that I was gonna mention: uh, Darius Tony to uh, the Chiefs. For a third and six, that might be a little bit of a high price um, for a guy who hasn't really proven it very much, but the kind of guy who was just like really electric in college. And you think that in the Chiefs offense, they might be able to unleash him to a new level uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think that could be really exciting. So that was kind of one of my favorites as well. One thing I'll add, I don't think you guys mentioned it, uh, Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. You guys have known. Um, I feel like that one could be huge. I know he's still suspended until. Um, the end of the season but you know i don't think the jags are expecting to get many places at the end of this season anyways and so as a team who's still rebuilding and feels like they're you know with a new coach doug peterson they're sort of climbing their way out of the trenches there um and with a promising quarterback i think this could be huge for them uh in the 2023 fall season so we'll, we'll see He's also reapplied to get reinstated in uh, fall of 23, but, you know, I think this could be huge for the Jaguars who are a franchise in the need of a, a reboost.
Yeah, that's definitely a good point because the Jags are playing for the future. And it's still kind of wild that he got suspended a full year for, for betting, betting on himself, proverbially. But uh, given some other events. But um, anyway, yeah, it, it was like an eventful trade deadline, but nothing too crazy went down. Um, and, you know, with, with that, we will shift off of professional football and move down to the ranks of college football, where we actually just tonight have had the first college football playoff rankings of the year. Uh, and I'm happy to talk about um, other teams. We've got, we've got some contenders in here as well. Um, but the number one ranked team for the very first rankings of the college football playoffs is the University of Tennessee, uh, who is, it is our first time ranked within the playoff ranking since the creation of the college football playoff, um, which is very exciting news for them. And then you got Ohio State at second, Georgia third. That is absolutely, that is slanderous. I like, I, okay. And then Clemson at four, Michigan five. I'll, I'll, I'll read top eight. Um, Alabama six, TCU seven, Oregon eight. So you got TCU and Michigan at eight and zero, oh, both looking in uh, with Alabama and Oregon waiting in the wings as well at seven and one. So, you know, I'll, I'll pass to you, Charlie. Any immediate reactions from this list or any kind of recent notes on these two teams? I know Clemson being in over Michigan is – is I, I, that's a potential point of contention, I think. Yeah. Um, when I first saw this, my immediate thought was, how is Georgia third when they're number one in the AP poll? Um, but then after kind of looking at it further, there's not really a – lot to say why Tennessee can't be the number one team in the country. They did have that, I mean, absolutely dominant win over Kentucky this past weekend. Obviously, the win versus Bama was huge, and then wins to LSU and Florida. So they have their ranked wins all there. Um, They're not my team, my number one team, but I mean, there's little reason to not put them here. But I mean, night in Georgia, they are the best team in the country right now. a really bad break with the season-ending injury to in, uh, Nolan Smith. But um, aside from that game at Missouri, they've pretty much dominated every game they've played. Um, Stetson Bennett is playing really confident football, and the defense looks as really as strong as it, it did last year. But um, but this this weekend is is kind of the game that uh, that's going to tell whether the committee made the right decision. Um, Tennessee at Georgia. I think the spread set at eight and a half, which is fairly high. But um, but yeah, that's gonna be a really big game. And then Ohio State sitting at two. That they're my number. I I wouldn't go so far as to say they're my number one team in the country. I think they easily could be the number one team in the country. Um, a huge part of their success has been uh due to the performance of CJ Stroud and that huge win at Penn State this weekend. Um I think in the middle of that game, a lot of people thought, wait a minute, this this could be a game that Penn State could pull out. But um, Stroud ended up showing them why he is the Osmond favorite. Um, uh, important thing to know with them, they scored at least 44 points in each of their last seven weeks, which is uh, that offense is just firing on all cylinders right now. They have a ton of NFL talent um, at receiver especially, and then sneaky good running backs with uh, Mayan Williams. Um, and then their defense, I mean, they're keeping opponents um, under like coverage two, 
Sean Clifford threw for nearly 400 yards this weekend, but they were able to pick him off three times. Um, so they're getting turnovers, and uh, that's a really big thing um, to look at, especially in college when our guys are prone to making a lot of mistakes. And then just the last team, Clemson at four. Um, I really don't know what to think with Clemson, um, and it's really hard to comment on them because they haven't lost. Um, they've beaten good teams, um, emphasis on good, um, like Wake, NC State, and Syracuse, but they've showed a ton of struggles. I feel like um, a huge part of that is because of the QB situation they've got going on. DJ got benched for K Klubnik. Um, and I, I just don't think that you, you can't really say they're trending in the right direction. Um, I, I don't remember the last time a team in college football playoff contention benched their starting quarterback, if that's ever happened, <laughs> um, except for, I mean, Tua and uh, Jalen Hurts uh, a couple of years back. But, I mean, Clemson, they do have a stud running back in Will Shipley. Um, and a fairly easy schedule the rest of the way. So if they go undefeated, you can't um, not put them in the college football playoff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really hard to, uh, to tell with them. Yeah, Clemson is, is not a real contender. I, I, like, it, it, I think it's clear from watching them, uh, their, their stats bear it out. Uh, bear it out. Uh, they're a good team, but they're just below uh, the, the tier of other teams. Um, I mean, just the, the, their efficiency on, on both sides of the balls, on both sides of the ball is just, it, it is more kind of middling in terms of probably top 10, but maybe not top five. Uh, and the ACC is just so weak. They're going to probably going to waltz to um, the AC title. I think they've got Notre Dame coming up. So, I, I mean, it, it could, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a tough game potentially with a team that's kind of rounding into form a little bit. But I don't know. Yeah, the, the, you talk about the, the QB issues there. DJ just is not going to be that guy going forward. It's just, you know, yeah, anytime you're getting benched for true freshman quarterback, it's just not a great look. I handled it pretty well and were able to, 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 leave Syrac- to leave with a win against Syracuse. Storming the field, also just a terrible look. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you on Ohio State. thought they looked a little bit vulnerable at times this weekend. Uh, you know, probably just – a couple rolls that I go and not, not going their way, but ended up getting out of there with a win uh, and making that margin look a little bit wider than I thought it could have been. Uh, they've got Michigan coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, again, Michigan probably, I mean, they still haven't really proved it against a lot of good teams. They, they took care of Penn state better than Ohio state did, uh, but they've got Illinois coming up in, in three weeks, I think. So that, that's a big game to watch for them uh, in terms of the sec. I mean, you have, Hinton Hooker is probably the front runner for the Heisman. I think I think he actually is the betting favorite for the Heisman right now. Uh, I think they deserve all the credit they've got. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I think, is the, the name of the receiver, wide receiver who has more receiving touchdowns than 120 teams in FBS. So, uh, yeah, I mean, UT's been is probably the story of the season here. Uh, and you know, I think TCU deserves a mention here. They're eight now in the Big Twelve uh, in like a tough Big Twelve. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that they can win out, but it, I mean, if they're a 13 and 0 big 12 champion, you got to let them in. Max Duggan is, you know, top three in yards per attempt, you know, is, is hanging around with him hooker CJ Stroud up there at the, at the top in terms of, you know, quarterback efficiency or, or at least volume. So um, a, a team to watch, even if you might think that they might not be able to sneak in, I think it's, you know, Oregon at eight USC at nine, getting a PAC 12 team in is going to be tough. 
Uh, not impossible, but uh, certainly tough. Honestly, yeah, Alabama definitely needs to just needs to absolutely. If Alabama wins out, you get two SEC teams, but um, we could definitely talk about that more as we get closer to the to the actual playoff. Um, Kevin, I know you're not a big college football guy, but but anything from you here? I was actually going to mention what um, what you mentioned at the end of your point there because Alabama has a couple impressive games on their schedule to play. They're going to play LSU uh, this coming week and then right after that against Ole Miss. And so that's the number 10 and 11 team. And so if they win convincingly against those two teams and then you also got, you know, your worst loss is uh, 49 to 52 away game against Tennessee um, that went down to the last second or whatever. I think you got to put them in the playoff. I think they're just one of the four best teams in the country. And then, you know, looking at the reality of the situation, there's going to be a lot of one loss teams in the current top six right now, because we're looking at Michigan's going to play Ohio state and Tennessee's going to play Georgia this coming weekend. So um, I think you got to consider Alabama is going to be there with the rest of them. Uh, can, assuming that they went convincingly in the rest of the games. But we got a while before then, luckily, and a lot of really exciting games in the coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess the, the question I would pose is, it, what is the over-under? Do we think, you know, odds on? Because I think I think the Alabama team, absolutely. I mean, they have to win out, which is a tall task. But it's certainly not impossible. I mean, they, they don't nearly beat Tennessee. Uh, playing some of the sloppiest football that Nick Simmons probably ever watched as teams play. Uh, I think they can polish it up. They still got Bryce Young. They still got weapons. The offensive line is a little bit of a question, but I I think it's reasonable. Do so, Charlie. Uh, my, my closing question is: Do you think, or uh, if you had to make the prediction now, are two SEC teams making the college football playoff? Um, I think it really depends on how this game goes between Tennessee and Georgia this weekend. Um. If Tennessee is able to beat Georgia, then we're going to assume that they get uh, that Bama gets another shot at them in the SEC championship. And I mean, if Bama's able to win that game, then yes, I do think that there are going to be two SEC teams. Um, but yeah, this game between Tennessee and Georgia is just so huge this weekend. Um, if, in my opinion, if Bama wants to make the college football playoff, they, they have to win the SEC championship. I mean, there's no other way, and they have to win um, every single game the rest of the, the, rest of the way. Um, so, yeah, it really depends how it plays out there. Um, and then it also depends how it plays out between Ohio State and Michigan in that last game of the regular season. That game is crucial. Um, I think if, if Ohio State wins every game up to that point and then loses that game, I think Ohio State could be in jeopardy of not making the college football playoff just because of how many good teams there are at the top this year. Um, but, yeah, no, it's really weird um, what's going on, and it's going to be a really eventful next couple couple months. Or, um, Yeah. Yeah, no, it was one of the most fun times to just kind of play out what different scenarios might look like because, you know, if you have TCU go undefeated and then say Ohio State loses the Big Ten championship game, and Alabama beats Georgia, then you have potentially an undefeated Clemson and then undefeated Georgia, we'll say, and then 
undefeated TCU, and then you have like another spot for either Ohio State or Georgia, who are both one loss, and then you're just like just hairline decisions. So um, that never really happens. The the good teams win usually because college football is very monopolistic. But uh, it's fun to, to to pretend like that could happen. Uh, and the SEC is definitely still fun to watch. I think going forward, but. Um, we'll, we'll have to see definitely big game this weekend, huge game this weekend in terms of all college football. So definitely have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but with that, we will wrap up today's show. Uh, thank you everyone for coming to join us to talk about a little bit, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of football as well. And we will talk to you uh, in the next episode. Thanks. Mm-hmm.